Well, good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're watching us online or whether you're here in the building, we are ready to worship the Lord today. Would you stand as we begin our time of worship today? He's given us all grace. Amen. Let's sing together. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace.
of Isaiah says, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. you believe that this morning? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises that are in your word. We rest in you. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. And my God will never fail. No, my God will never Yeah, 
taking your cares, your concerns, the things that hold you down and said, here, Lord, fight my battle. Fight my battle because my battle belongs to you, Lord. How many of you trust God that much that you can give him everything? He said, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. So that's what we have to do. That's how we fight our battles by believing the inerrant word of God. Hey, authentic worship, right? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good and he is worthy to be praised all the time. And uh, I walked up here with the verse out and I raised the Bible and I lost it, but God brought it back because that's what he does. God restores we lose nothing. So if you turn with me in your Bible to the book of Colossians chapter 1, where we begin at verse 3, and the words read, we always pray for you and give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned from, about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your life will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while 
you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Let us look to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the rising of the sun. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you, Father God, for being able to put clothes on our body. We thank you, Lord, for giving us a mouth that works, that praises you, that just says hallelujah and amen to your will. We thank you, Father God, for every good thing you've brought in our life. And we thank you, Father, for the challenges, because without them, we wouldn't be able to tell others how you've brought us through. How much you love us. How much you lavish love upon us. So much so that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to hang on the cross. But not only hang on the cross, your son was beaten. He was bruised. The chastisement of your peace was upon him, Father God. He died. But not only did he die, he rose again. And when he got up from the grave, he got up with all power in his hands. He got up with the power to redeem us, to reconcile us, to present us as faultless before your throne of grace without sin or blemish because you saw and see only the sacrifices that he made on the cross on our behalf. Nothing else did it, Father. You created us in your image, and for that we thank you again. Father God, you left us, left us with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, and for that we say thank you again. The Holy Spirit has the power to do everything in our life that you want done, to sanctify us, to make us holy. So, Father God, as we continue in worship, we ask that you bless this service. We ask that you bless the messenger, Father God, of your word. And we ask that you bless the hearers of your word. Let us not only be hearers, but make us doers. For this we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In the majestic, holy, matchless name of Jesus, who is our Christ. And we love him so. Amen. Please be seated. Hey CTC family, I'm Margaret, and here's this week's news. Membership is an important component in connecting us with one another. We value that connection and are always looking for ways to make it stronger. Our next opportunity for membership at CTC will be this weekend, Sunday, October 11th at 4 p.m. at the Bear Campus. The membership class will also be live on Zoom. If you'd like to be included in this class, please call the church office at 302-836-2862 or email info at ctcde.net. We are just a few days away from our live concert event with Christian artist Jason Gray. If you listen to Christian radio, you are probably familiar with Jason's music. This is a free concert, but we need everyone to register in order to manage our building capacity. There are several ways to reserve your place. Visit Jason's website at jasongraymusic.com, go to our website at ctcde.net, or stop by our Facebook page. Doors will open at 6.15 and we'll be observing social distancing guidelines. 
Several months ago, Pastor Roger preached a message on letting go of the excess in our lives. We all just have too much stuff, while many families in our area are still feeling the effects of unemployment or damage from the tornado. To reach out to our neighbors, we are having an unusual event. Not a yard sale, but a yard giveaway. Saturday, October 24th from 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., we'll be giving away household items. We need your help with donations and staffing the event for the day. We are looking for furniture, home goods, children's toys and books, and clothing. We need staff to help with drop-off, set-up, greeting, and clean-up. You can contact Christy Carroll or Nikki DeBueno for more information. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Great to see all of you here this morning. I want to encourage you as you're here in the room this morning to fill out one of those connect cards. I know that we My Barnabas, I encourage you. Tables. We know COVID is still a thing, so we've got the hand sanitizer there for you to use. Just want you to be careful, but uh, we do. this is a great way for us to stay connected, filling out the connect card. If you're watching online, we want you to go to our website, uh, ctcde.net. Look for the connect card uh, link and go there and fill out a connect card online. Uh, it's amazing how many people we're reaching online uh, as well as here, and so we need to stay connected in that way. Fill out uh, the connect card, add your prayer requests to it. You can also add your prayer requests to the offering envelope that's here in the room. We've also put those back on the tables, uh, and that's one way that you can give. If you're online, we ask you to give by uh, going again, going to the website. Uh, clicking the Give button and uh, making your contribution that way. Making those contributions is part of the way that we serve God, that we worship God, that we say to God, we, we love you, we trust you, we know that you have provided all things to us, and we want to participate, God, in what you are doing in this world. And so we're going to give back to you. The announcements that we just watched aren't there just for your entertainment. They're not a piece of business that we have to do. Those announcements are introducing us to the very specific ways in which we can engage and, and love God and love others and serve God in our world today. Um, that uh, the yard sale giveaway, uh, it's kind of a strange concept, uh, and, and it came out of, as, as Margaret said on the video of a message that I preached, I think, last fall, and that inspired somebody to say, why don't we give the people of our church an opportunity to declutter and, and give things away. And uh, so we want to be a generous church, and so we're inviting you to be generous in that way. So bring this stuff on October 23rd. Some people have already started to bring it. Don't do that. <laughs> we don't have room to store stuff here. But uh, bring it on the 23rd so that we can give it away on the 24th. Everything will be given away the day after, uh, and it will all be used in some way. Great opportunity for us to serve our community and to declutter our own lives and simplify in that way. I think that I've covered everything that I wanted to cover. So glad that you're here to worship with us today. Let me invite you, if you're in the room, let me invite you to stand with me and I'll pray. To, we'll pray and then the worship team will continue to lead us in worship. Let's stand together if you're able. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to serve you, to love you, to engage our world so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus. Thank you for those who are joining us online. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit comes and is present with them wherever we are. As we sing, as we give ourselves to you, we desire that you be lifted up and glorified, that you know our love for you, that you come and be present in our lives in very powerful ways. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. today we're talking about concepts about God going before us and God going into battle with us and going into battle for us and the battle belongs to the Lord the nation of Israel and the people of Israel were marching around the city of Jericho they got enough instruction for that day today you're going to go out you're going to march around the wall one time can you imagine the questions Why are we doing this again? This is the fourth day in a row. We've just gone out here and taken a lap around the city. But then on that seventh day, that's when God did a miracle. Somebody here is really close to day seven. So what what I want you to do today is not give up on day six or five. Because the battle belongs to you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
seen you move mountains. We have seen you done, do incredible things in our lives. And Lord, we pray that you will do it again. Lord, we have seen you do mighty things. We have read about it. We have seen it. We have experienced it. We know it. So Lord, today, would you bring it into our lives? Come on, let's see. I've seen you move. continuing to worship you. We recognize this this beautiful song that we just sang. You have never failed us yet. The song begins, God, looking at the walls of this world, the mountains of this world that you have moved. And God, each of us, as we live our lives, we see those walls. We see those mountains. And as, as Pastor Bill referenced in the beginning, Lord, we get so tired. Day one doing what you call us to do. Day two, waiting for you to do your miracle in our lives. Day three, we wake up again and the the wall is still there. The mountain hasn't moved. Yet you tell us what you will do and it will come to pass. Yet we get impatient with you, God. And there are days in our lives, God, when when, when we want that mountain to move right now. We need that wall to be broken down, that wall of injustice in this world, God. The injustice that comes into our families through abuse. Lord, take that wall down in the name of Jesus. Free those who 
who are under the oppression of abuse. Jesus, that's such an insidious crime and sin. Creeps into our families, creeps into our lives, creeps into our homes. And we get so skilled in hiding it from others. But you see it, Lord. You know the pain and the suffering that happens behind closed doors, pulled curtains. But Lord Jesus, you still are there. We pray for justice of those who are being abused, that they will be free to live the life that you want them to live in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want you to free the, the take down the walls of injustice, of of racial injustice and economic injustice and social injustice, whatever it may be, wherever it may be found, God. Help us to look at other human beings the way you see us all as beautiful creations made in the image of you who is light and life. Take down the walls, Jesus. We wait for that day. Lord, we who are your followers, we need to encourage one another. And I picture that as, as Bill referenced the people of Israel marching around the city of Jericho. And how many times did they question themselves? What are we doing? Why are we doing this again? And there's the leadership saying, keep blowing that horn of God's justice of God's peace, of God's strength. Because the day is going to come when these walls come crumbling crumbling down. We thank you, Jesus, for that day. We thank you for your work in our lives. We thank you for the healing that you're bringing to the family that is experiencing the pain of cancer. That there will be healing one day. We thank you, Jesus, for the peace that those families who are grieving will find one day. We pray for them. We lift them up. Bring comfort to the widow. Bring comfort to the mothers and fathers who have said goodbye to their children. Bring comfort to the spouses. Bring comfort to the couple that didn't yet get married but was hoping for that day. Thank you, Jesus tearing down the walls and taking away the mountains and for strengthening the faith that we need to trust in you. Come, Lord Jesus. And now, Father, as we come to hear the message that you've prepared, that Pastor Vaughn is bringing to us, we pray that your Holy Spirit descend upon us, all of us, in our homes, wherever we are, we're listening wherever we're listening, in our car, wherever it might be. (laughs) Some of us might be at the beach like I was last week. Thank you for the beach. (laughs) Thank you for our homes. So as we hear your message now, we pray that your Holy Spirit will tweak our ears, open our ears, open our minds to see you, to hear you, to listen to you, speak to our each, our own situations, and lift us up. Be with Pastor Vaughn as he brings the message. Fill him with your power and your presence that every word that he speaks will be spoken from you in strength and in love. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, be with us today. Amen.
good morning, everybody. And if you didn't feel the power of God before or after that, and all the rumblings and the thunder, I love that. You definitely feel the presence of Almighty God. But assuredly, he is here today. And I want to thank Pastor Roger and thank Elder Fran for the wonderful prayers they prayed. It sets a holy ambiance in the house. And it's sort of easy for me to walk into this message after hearing your prayers. God bless you. And our praise band, can we give them a hand, please, wherever they went? (laughs) They're awesome, aren't they? The Lord says we come into his presence with singing. And we are definitely in the presence of the Lord. And I feel, brothers and sisters, knowing the word of God that he says that wherever we are, a company of angels accompany us. Psalm 34, verse 7 says the angels of the Lord encompass about those who fear of him. Do you fear the Lord? Amen. Well, I do. And I know I walked in here with some angels. I can see them in my spiritual eye all around this room. And whenever the word of God is preached, whenever the word of God is read, I believe they stand out of tension because the word of God has been opened and revealed. And there's a holy reverence here that we can definitely emulate. Let me ask you again, brothers and sisters, are you glad to be in the house of God? Amen. I know I am. A whole lot of people didn't wake up this morning, unfortunately. So we are blessed to be here. I'm glad he touched me with his precious finger of life, as you mentioned, Fran, and that he got us started on our way. And we just owe so much to God. We must always remember, we didn't just get here on our own. Amen. We're told in the scriptures, uh, in uh, the book of Acts, 1728, I believe, that it is in God that we live. It is in God that we move. It is in God that we have our being. We're here because of God and because of his precious Holy Spirit. Speaking of which, that is what we're going to be talking about today, preaching about, teaching about. And I'll get into that in a second. But before I go any further, let me pray. Humble myself before our God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the privilege and the honor and the responsibility of bringing the word of God today to your wonderful congregation. Lord, I ask that you hide Vaughn safely behind the cross. One of our elders told me that's a good way to start the day when you're bringing a message. So hide me, Lord. We don't want them to see me. We want them to see you glorified, magnified, as you should be. Christ exalted is what we want them to feel in their spirits and see in their spiritual eye. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for this precious word you have blessed us with. And Lord, help me to present it the way you would have me do. Fill me with the Holy Ghost anew so that what they hear is of you, not so much of me. We want to honor you, dear God. We want to glorify you. We want to honor Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We are so glad to be here today. We welcome all of our friends around the world who are online, who are watching. May they, like us here, feel your presence where you've told us there is fullness of joy in your presence and that you will show us the pathways of life in your presence and that your right hand are blessings forevermore. We thank you, O God. We give you honor and we give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And can we all say amen? And now can we all give God some praise up here in this house? 
Hallelujah. Thank you. Let the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. He desires our praise. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, uh, today and the next couple of weeks, Elder Friend and I will be bringing a message to you on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you in a second how this came about to be, but just briefly, uh, Pastor Bill asked me last week, can you give me a good title for your message? I thought about it and prayed about it. I came up with some, with some wonderful spiritual terms about the glorious and majestic Holy Spirit, and I, and I gave it to Bill. I was so proud of it. And Bill came back to me a few minutes later and said, all right, this looks good. The Holy Spirit, 101. <laughs> I said, all right, Pastor Bill. I said, I like that, though. I, I like that. It has a more youthful sound to it. And if everybody, you know, knowing what 101 means, your basic understanding of a subject, I found it more than appropriate. This will be a cursory overview of the Holy Spirit. Please understand, and I'm sure you know already, this is a vast subject. It would take perhaps decades to go over every aspect of the Holy Spirit. So if we don't mention something you want us to hear or say in the next three weeks, please don't feel slighted. Uh, we're just giving to you what is on our heart, okay? Now, this is how we came about doing this. A few months ago, Pastor Roger overheard Fran and I talking about the Holy Spirit at an elders' meeting, and he called me over later on. He said, I'd like to hear some more of how you feel about the Holy Spirit. That was intriguing. Now, I might be mistaken, but I think it was the part where we were saying how the Holy Ghost will take you out to the woodshed and whoop up on you if, if you don't get your life right eventually. I was speaking for me, but, uh, and I'm going to show you where I found that to be true. It's a spiritual woodshed. But nevertheless, here we are. Thank you, Pastor Roger. And let me just say this. If you have something that you don't want to talk about up here, don't say it in front of our pastor. Because you might be up here next. Amen? And that's nothing wrong with that. You never turn down an assignment from the pastor. And it's an honor and a privilege to be here today. I want to start my message today, brothers and sisters, by giving recognition to arguably perhaps the greatest gift the Holy Spirit has ever given to man. You know what it is? I'm going to hold it up. It's right here. The Word of God. And it's not just me saying it. Most of you know that. We're told throughout the Scriptures that this comes from God. Specifically, it is the Word of God. As Jesus is the Word of God. He came here in first in John chapter one, verse fourteen, in the incarnation. Jesus, the Word of God. But here he is in writing, and that is through the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you Second Timothy Second Timothy three sixteen and then seventeen. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God breathed as the Holy Spirit is often analogized too as this holy breath, this holy pneuma, this breathing from, from God. And that doesn't say specifically, does it, that it's the Holy Spirit. But if we compare Scripture to other Scripture, we find the deeper meanings. If we turn over to, let me get it right, Second Peter 1, verse 21, it tells us, 
For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, through humans, though human, spoke from God as they were called to do. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is from the Holy Spirit. It is in writing the Word of God, which John chapter 1 tells us about. In the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was God. The Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. Praise God. And in him is life. And that life is the what? The light of man or the world. Praise God. This is light, brothers and sisters. And he says, he goes further. He says, and the light penetrates the darkness. And the darkness comprehends it not. If you've got darkness in your life, open the Bible. Keep a couple of them around your house. Open up to your favorite verses. It's what we do at my home. It sets a precedent of spirituality in your home. It blesses your home. And God honors it. You acknowledge him. The Bible says he'll acknowledge and bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to encourage you to work with me, brothers and sisters. You know, there's a power in saying amen. It's called the power of the amen. You're showing God and all others that you agree with what is being said. Everything, brothers and sisters, in this world that we hear is not true. The world will tell you that this world came about by a big, huge explosion, a big bang. Who believes that here? Because <clears throat> if you do, I want to... I want to talk to you. Okay, I want to just sit with you and let's go through this book. Praise God. It tells us that some of us, if not all of us, came from monkeys. Amoebas. I don't know about you. I didn't come from an amoeba or a monkey. I was fearfully and wonderfully made like you. Amen. Praise God. Isn't that good? That's what the Bible says. Praise God. Yes. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't let anybody fool you or tell you. That you come from some science project of nature. Hallelujah. It's important that we get the truth. And that's what I'm trying to validate here for us before we get going. We had an elders meeting this past uh, Saturday. We were on 2 John uh, 2 verse 1. Here John addresses the church. He says, through the elect lady whom I love in truth. If we got to tell the truth to somebody, we should always do that, of course. Do it in love. Do it in love with no malice in your heart. He says, I have a, a commentary here. It says, we see here that John is definitely focused on the importance of truth as he is in all of his writings. In fact, he uses the word truth some 37 times in all of his New Testament writings. Truth is paramount in all Christian dealings, brothers and sisters. And this passage of scripture shows vividly what binds the church together is not social, racial, or political, economic, class, compatibility. What binds us Christians together is a common truth that can be found nowhere else but here in this Bible. That is why it's so important to all of us Christians to study the word of God. We will have the truth shown in the word forever in eternity. Remember it always that Jesus is the epitome and the perfect embodiment of all truth. I like to say that's one of God's, Jesus' nicknames from John 
14, verse 6, he says, he is the way and he is the truth. Amen. And he is the light. Praise God. And he says, there's no way to the Father but by him. So we're just going to lift up the name of Jesus and speak of the power of the word of God. God is not a man that he should lie. I trust God. Lord, a son of man that he needs to repent. Praise God. So let God arise and let his enemies be scattered as we present this wonderful word to you today, brothers and sisters. Folks, there are thousands of great authors who have written millions of words, really millions of books, about the greater things of life that we pontificate on and think about continuously. Brilliant names like uh, uh, Plato. And last night when I said this, it came out Plato. And people looked at me like, Plato? Remember Plato, the little play stuff? But uh, anyway, no, it's Plato and Socrates and Cassius, not Cassius Clay, Diosthenes. These are great names, great writers. William Dunbar, one of my favorite black poets. Shakespeare. My wife loves Shakespeare's writings. Frederick Nietzsche. Do you remember hearing his name? Back in the Enlightenment period, he was famous for saying one particular phrase. He said, God is, let me step back from the pulpit when I say this. i got to honor God. He said, God is dead. That's what he said. And a whole lot of people believed that because that's what they wanted to believe. They said, that means I don't have to do what the Bible says anymore. I can live like I want to in complete freedom and joy not joy, happiness. That's not joy. Joy comes from God. And, and do whatever I want. A few years later, at a statue of Nietzsche, American soldiers came through there. And where it had that quote on his statue, an American soldier wrote, Nietzsche is dead. Signed, God. I find that very appropriate. <clears throat> I, I think that's very appropriate. God gets the last word. We also have people like Karl Marx and, 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 and Darwin. We mentioned about uh, his theory on evolution. And Sigmund Freud. Many, many great writers. I'm not knocking them. But church, it is only through the Bible, whose author is God himself, whose writing is inspired by the Holy Spirit and no other source that we learn about our wonderful God. Nowhere else do you learn about God. Nowhere else can you learn about Jesus and all the things of our faith, but through the Holy Bible. It's through the Holy Bible that we receive knowledge that we can receive no other way. It's good to read a lot of books, and, and spiritual books. I, I, I love to read them. i got so many around the house, I drive my wife crazy. But let them never take the place of the Holy Word of God. The Bible unfolds a mystery that no other book can even come near. And that mystery is, brothers and sisters, that God, the great and almighty God, is one. And yet, he is three in one. And he's not three parts. I, I hmm, hate it when people say he's three parts. There's nothing partial about our God, amen? He is, we're told, three persons. He's three persons. And I found it's much easier to draw a comfortable comparison with that when I think of God the Father and God the Son, us being made in God the Father's image, and 
Jesus came here, as I said in John chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word became flesh. Amen. Before our very eyes, the only begotten Son, full of grace and truth, we beheld His, his glory. But, brothers and sisters, we must always remember, we must all remember that they were all part of one triune Godhead. You don't find that anywhere else but in the Bible. And I've had people tell me, well, I've never seen anything about the triune Godhead and the Trinity. And where do you see all that in the Bible? <clears throat> you might not see the exact words, the names. But if you turn in your Bibles with me here to First uh, John 5, 7. I think we have it. There we go. You can read along with me. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father. You can say God the Father. The Word. God the Word. And the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. And here it is. This is it. And these three are one. John is writing down what Jesus told him. He didn't get it from some other writer. This is what he was told by our Lord Jesus. The Bible tells us in no uncertain terms, my brothers and sisters, that God does contain three entities, three persons and one. And that in itself is one of the greatest revelations in the Holy Bible. The other one goes right along with it is that he is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And I'm going to tell you, I had the longest time. I couldn't really phantom that, that he was also a person. I've always thought of him as a force or an impression, some type of you know, power that God used and that Jesus used to accomplish the things that they needed done. Praise God. But this scripture makes it very, very, very clear that that is not the case. And we're going to just give you some wonderful verses to show this in greater detail to you. But first, let me tell you, as far as having a problem seeing God, the Father and God, the Son and God, the Holy Ghost, all being part of one, we see that in our very selves, in each and every one of us, to some much lesser degree. I'm not saying we're gods, but we're made in the image of God. And I asked Brother Dave and little Dave, <laughs> Nathan, if you'll stand up here for me, please. I'm going to use you for an experiment. No, I need you too, Father. Would you stand right here, please? I see Dave telling Nathan, go ahead, go ahead. <coughs> nice try, Dave. Praise God. But here we see a one man with a son. Dave, are you a father? Well, that's obvious by your son being there, right? And you're also, I believe, a sibling. You're a brother. And by the way, church, we're praying for Dave's brother today to be healed. His name is John. And you're also, I believe, a, 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 you're a son, you're a brother, and you're a father. So you're also obviously a son. You're not a clone. So you're not a clone, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm just blaming if you did. But this is proof right here. Even in our, our small capacity, you can see three in one. In one person. And this is already developing in his son. Thank you very much, Dave. Give him a big clap, everybody. Let's thank him for this. <laughs> he didn't know I was going to do that to him. But not only do we have a human example, we're shown in the scriptures about the three-part 
personality of man. In Hebrews 4.12, we're told that the word of God is quick and it is powerful, that it is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing the thunder of the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow. Let's say that again. The soul, that's one. The spirit. And what are joints and marrow? <laughs> flesh. Amen. And the flesh. Praise God. So right there, that is exemplified that it is in man, the three parts of man. So just magnify that maybe a million times and just give it a good little dash of the power of God and you can see how the Trinity is possible. Folks, there's plenty of scripture to support this premise of the Holy Spirit being a person. I'm going to concentrate on the Holy Spirit now. That's what we're here for mainly. And there are many attributes that the Bible addresses to the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. That we see in everyday man. Characteristics that only a person, a sentient being, can possess. He's portrayed as a thinking being, for one, an emotional being, and a choosing or volitional being. So let's just look at some of these uh, examples that we have. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10, we see the Holy Spirit as a thinking being. It says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deeper things of God. That's a sentient, intelligent, cognizant thinking being, brothers and sisters. Robots don't do that. Computers don't do that. Autotoms don't do that. That is a thinking person. Amen? When you see intellect, ability of the spirit, you're seeing evidence of his personage. As an emotional being, we go to Romans 15.30, where Paul says, And I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit. To feel love is an emotion. There's different types of love. There's a godly love that we call, come on, somebody help me, agape love, praise God. We have eros love, which is a more human type, exotic type love uh, of the flesh. But we're talking agape love that Jesus feels, I'm sorry, that the Holy Spirit, and Jesus does feel it, of course, also, but that the Holy Spirit feels for us. Praise God. He feels love like a person and can give and receive love like a person. Let me ask you, have you ever told the Holy Spirit? First of all, do you talk to the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Fran, I heard you. If you don't, you should. And Debbie, you should. That's my little amen choir over there. Yeah. If not, you should. He's a real person. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to talk to him. Just like you do with Father God and Jesus. Uh, uh, encourage. Cultivate a relationship with him. He wants that. If you love a person, don't you talk to them? Without conversation, the relationship is dead. Just like when we pray to God, I hope it's not just all one way. That's a dead relationship to a degree. You have to hear him talk back. Amen? So listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you in a way how, a little while, how we hear from him and how he interacts with us. 
But start talking to him. Tell him that you love him. Welcome in your life. Something that we say in my home is that, Lord, we ask that you rest, reign, rule, and abide. Not only in our house, in our church, in our nation, but in our hearts. Amen? Welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. I think it's a good thing to do it daily. Let me continue. He can be grieved. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. And I believe it was, it was around this part of my conversation with Fran that Pastor Roger might have heard me talk about the woodshed. But let me read this from Ephesians 4.30. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You can grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He has kept us and sealed us until our redemption in heaven. You want to mess around with that? By grieving him? Not me. Not knowingly. And brothers and sisters, he will let you know when you do. Does anybody here know that? Besides, I know you and I do, Fran. And Debbie, okay. These lights are so bright I can hardly see anybody. Brother James, thank you, James. You and I were talking about this. And Sister Karen, don't be ashamed to raise your hand, folks. It's all right. Praise God. Well, if you don't know, you probably have grieved him inadvertently. And he probably has tried to warn you about it because he has a way of doing it. He shrinks. I hear you, James. He shrinks back, doesn't he? You feel his presence departing to a degree. I remember a preacher, I don't remember what his name was. He said, I might not know every time the Holy Spirit is, is around me, uh, but I know when he is going from me. I know when I start getting that feeling, that void, that lack of joy in my life for no reason, and I can't replace it, I know I have somehow probably grieved the Holy Spirit. And I get on my knees and I ask God, Lord, what do I need to do? It could be something, not a big deal to us. Uh, sometimes you just need to change something that you're doing, and God doesn't want you to do it anymore. He says, you're not a babe in, in Christ anymore. You're, you're now eating you know, meat. You're supposed to have a stronger godly character than you did three years ago when you got saved. Act like it. And what he accepted three years ago when you got saved, he does not accept today. And he's trying to grow us up to the best version of us that we can be. Because he has great things he wants us to do. He has, I like what Joel Osteen says, he has seeds of greatness planted in you. And he's cultivating them. And sometimes he's got to dig in that dirt a little bit and do a little of this and a little of that to get us to grow up properly. I was saying last night, one of my first examples with this must have been about 25 years ago. Uh, my wife and I, our daughters, a friend of ours named Elder West, who's since gone to be with the Lord, wonderful woman of God. We had gone to a restaurant, and the service wasn't that great. And nobody else seemed to mind that much, but it bothered me. I let it bother me. And I didn't leave much of a tip. And usually I like to leave a nice tip. I was a waiter, a uh, maitre d' for a long time. Uh, going through college down in Florida, and I'd like to do right by waiters and waitresses. But I deliberately didn't leave a great tip. And my wife realized it, didn't say a word, and I drove home. And as soon as they started getting us, I said, I got to go back. (laughs) 
And she said, I wonder what took you so long. I thought you were going to turn the car around before we got halfway home. I knew something was bothering you about that. And I went back to that restaurant, found the waitress, and I told her, ma'am, I am so sorry. By that time, I was almost in tears. <laughs> now, the Holy Spirit can do that to you when he lets you know you're wrong about something you're doing. And I said, I'm so sorry about what I did. And she looked at me like I was nuts. <laughs> she said, what are you talking about, sir? I said, I, I wasn't nice to you. She said, you were fine. And I think she's looking around for help right about this time. Come get this guy. And I said, ma'am, I just want to tip you a decent tip. I gave her a good amount of money. And then everything was fine. Well, thank you. That's great. Yeah, all right. I, I accept your apology. And uh, no problem then. And I realized, even when I think I'm right, I'm right. And then on, I realized, I cannot do people any way I want to do, the way I used to do. Get a little snitty. Get a little attitude. You know, uh, 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 and I would say, oh, I'm right. I have a right to do that. They were wrong to me. God doesn't care. We're supposed to love everybody. I might not want to love you, but I got to love you because God says I do. Amen. You read First John chapter 4, verse 7. And then the next verse in 8, verse 8, he says, because God is love. And we're supposed to be like him and like Jesus. We're to emulate love. We're to exude love. We're to show love. That's why I know the devil has a part in what's going on now, because we can't show love the way we're used to doing it. This is a hugging church. We're known for that. We give love here. We hug. But we haven't been able to do that. But be not deceived, brothers and sisters. God is not mocked. He will return us back to an even better state than we were before. I think we're going to just have even more people as part of what we're doing around the world. This is something that Pastor Roger talks about all the time. He says, we're reaching the world now when we couldn't have reached it before. What the devil meant for harm, God has turned it into good. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that like the God we serve? That's what Joseph said. God has blessed us wonderfully, brothers and sisters. And we're reaching people out there right now who don't really know us. That's all right. They know this word. We're all similarly minded, as we've been told to be. And we have a Holy Spirit, one spirit, that draws us all together. And he gave us this book. By the way, back there, when we said that uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, the next verse says, and it is profitable who here wants to profit? Just me. Oh, me, friend. Okay. Is that you, Rick? Okay, three of us. Three of us want to profit. The Bible says it's the Lord who gives us the ability to prosper. Praise God. But he says that the word of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. And I don't know about you, but before I came to the Lord, I needed all of that big time. I surely did, some 30-some years ago. Because I, like anybody else who was not saved, was living by the words and the rules and the laws of the world. And they are not the same as what God, the way God tells us to live. He tells us that the ways and the wisdom of this world are sensual, earthy, and demonic. 
We find that in James. That is not the way God lives in peace and joy and love and peace and kindness and gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Amen. Which is the fruit of the Spirit. But this Bible taught me, brothers and sisters, how we're supposed to live. Instruction in righteousness from the Holy Ghost. The Word of God. Aren't you glad? Is somebody here glad besides me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the Bible. It saved my life. Praise God. I know, James, I've talked to you. You were in Vietnam. You were a war hero. I know you don't like me to say that, but you got the medals to prove it. And you came back, and you said this word saved you. It turns you around. Because there were times you didn't know if you were coming or going. And I can relate. I came back pretty banged up, too. Not like you. But thank God for the word of God, brothers and sisters. Once again, doctrine, the foundation of our faith, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness is what we find in it. We're told also about the nature of God, and that's what we're talking about mainly. Besides the thoughts and feelings of God, something that is very important that we realize is that he is the Holy Spirit. He is every bit as equal to God the Father and God the Son. As they are. They're all equal. I always thought of, once I realized that he was a person, that he was on the bottom of the, you know, the feed chain there, more or less. He is equal. They're all equal to one another. They have different things they do, but none is more equal than the other. It's important that we remember that. Do not relegate the Holy Spirit to something we think about once in a while. It is so important that we realize that we need him, brothers and sisters, so much. Working big time in our life. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that God wants to bless us exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. According to what? The power of God working within us. That's the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in us big time. Amen? Praise God. How God blesses you exceedingly, abundantly. Beyond what you can ask or think. I don't know about you, I can think a lot of things. He says, I want to give you beyond what you can think. I want to give you houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't even grow. I want it to be like the blessed woman and the blessed man of Psalm 1, where everything you touch prospers, and your leaf will not wither, and you will bring forth good fruit in your season. Don't you want that? We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost working big time. The Apostle Paul says in each of us, once we give our hearts to God, accept him as not just Savior, but Lord and Savior. Some people have a hard time with that Lord part, where he's in command of everything in our life. You can't have just the one without the other. It's like coke and a smile. It's either both or it's neither. Amen? Somebody, Amen? Thank you. Praise God. Lord, we agree. Yes. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 6.11. Why we need the Holy Spirit with us. Paul says, but ye are washed. But ye are, and Fran, you were talking about this in your prayer. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. All to all, we lift all too often we lift, leave out the Holy Spirit and how important he is 
in our Christian walk and all that we do. Brothers and sisters, what I want to bring to you closing down here pretty much is the fact that the Holy Spirit has many names. Do you know there's more than a hundred names that God, Father God and Jesus have? All these names tell us things about their characteristics, who they are. Each one is a story in itself. My wife told me to bring a handkerchief today and I left it in my bag. So please forgive me. I'm not crying. I'm wiping the sweat out my eyes. I'm telling you, these lights are bright. I want to read to you some of the names of the Holy Spirit. See how it makes you feel when you hear these. The Holy Spirit is known also as the Spirit of God. And I have scriptures for all of these if you like. The Spirit of Grace. The Spirit of Knowledge. The Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Life. The Spirit of Understanding. Spirit of Wisdom. Spirit of the Living God. Spirit of Prophecy. Spirit of Fear. Spirit of Father. And I see we're running down in time, so I'm not going to say all of them. But people might say, what is in a name? There's a lot in a name. At least back in those days, who here knows what the name Jesus means? It means he saves his people from their sins. Abraham, he's a father of multitude. You see where they all fulfilled their names. Peter, and you said it last night, the rock, the stone, Petra. And for the women, don't want to forget you. Ruth means companion, friend, vision of beauty. It is so important, my friends, that we take the time to learn these names. I encourage you to study them. Look them up. Because each different name tells you more about that entity of God. Whether it be Jesus, God the Father, or the Holy Ghost. It is important that we realize how God works. And I'm going to say this briefly. God, my brothers and sisters, is everywhere at all times throughout the universe. They say there's more than a billion galaxies, not just planets. Millions and millions, if not billions. And he is everywhere at every second of the day. That's called being omnipresent. And he knows everything that's going on. He is omniscient. And we need to realize that wherever we are, as we're told in the scriptures, God is there too. I love uh, Joshua 1.9. It says, be strong and have a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Why? For the Lord thou God is with thee wherever thou goest. As Jesus said, wherever you are, I will be there too. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And it's through the omnipresence of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Praise God. These two terms, omnipresence and omniscience, explains how God works throughout the universe and in our lives. Jeremiah 23 says, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord? Am not I a God far away? Can anyone hide in a secret place that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. 
Brothers and sisters, that's not meant to make us sad, to make us feel like we're being washed all the time, so i got to be scared and afraid. You know I me? Mean? You'll fear if you're not doing right. It's like people who have a hard time with all the cameras all over. I know it's going to probably lead to a, a, something that's not so good in the future. But brothers and sisters, if you're not doing something wrong, you don't have a lot to worry about. I get great peace and happiness and joy knowing that God is everywhere in my life. He knows what I'm going through. He, he knows your struggles, friend. He knows half your house got blown away. He knows what you're going through right now. James, he knows what you went through in Vietnam and what it, what it did to you. And I noticed he that brought you back to be the great success, wonderful manager at UPS, of all those awards you got, that was the Holy Ghost in your life. God is good, brothers and sisters. He sees, he knows, and he does, brothers and sisters, restore us. Like we said, what the devil meant for harm, the Lord means for good. I hear you, Chris. I just got a few more things I'm going to say. One of our examples is, please bear with me, you want to hear this. One of the examples that God gives us of someone who didn't take this to heart the way he should have is a gentleman named Achan. Anyone ever heard of Achan back in uh, uh, Joshua chapter 7? We're told that right after the battle of Jericho, that's something that Pastor Bill was talking about wonderfully, Achan, who is in on that battle, stole some things from there and took it home. God has specifically told him, don't take anything. It's a curse. We have to leave the he curse, a curse things alone, brothers and sisters. Even today, keep that stuff out of your house. Don't bring it home. Fill your house with godly things. Achan took it, hid it, hid it under his tent. The next day, the Israeli army went out to fight a battle that they should have won with AI, and they lost. Joshua went to God, wet in sackcloth, and said, Lord, why? Why is this befallen me? He said, because there's sin in the camp. Folks, when you've got sin in your life, sin in the camp, you need to go before God and say, Lord, show me. Help me get rid of this. I try to do it on my own. I can't do it without you. I need your help. He will help you, brothers and sisters. And you might have to knock. Keep coming back, but ask him, ask him. He will deliver you. He will help you do this. Achan was revealed. He was ordered to be killed, not only him, his family, his livestock, his pit, everything they even touched was brought into a big pile. They were stoned to death and they burned it to a crisp. God does not smile at sin. It's what Adam and Eve did to get us in the mess we're in now. And it wasn't funny then, and it's not funny now, and it wasn't funny back there in Aiken's day. What we need to remember from that story, he's everywhere. He sees everything. But let that not frighten you. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the light. And you'll have nothing to fear, my brothers and sisters. Remember, we need the Holy Spirit working strongly in us. It is he that intercedes for us and prays for us with groans and utterings that we cannot understand. Sometimes we're just too weak, too distressed to pray. You need the Holy Spirit in you working strongly to do this for us. Remember always, brothers and sisters, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Psalm 34. His ears are open unto our cry. 
That's why David could say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Would you say that with me? Thou art with me. God is with us. He's for us. He says his thoughts for us are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give us an expected end. Brothers and sisters, acknowledge the Holy Ghost in your life. As I said, develop a relationship with him. Thank him for being there, for helping you to stay on the straight and narrow. That when you mess up or start to, he'll withdraw somewhat and you feel that lack of joy. All right, Lord, I better get back on my knees. What do I need to do? He will tell you things. He will show you things. But we need to maintain fidelity with the Godhead. We need to have an understanding of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for Jesus, as you said, Father God, who brings us to victory. And thank you, God the Father, for being Abba, Father, our Daddy. We love you, Lord. We magnify you in thought, word, and deed. Help us, dear God, to appreciate you, to love you, to interact with you. You've given us great power. It's called resurrection power. Paul said the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is in us. Help us to interact with it. And it will bless us. We ask, you know, if you ignore something continuously, don't be surprised when it doesn't, when it's not there when you need it. Help us to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit, oh God. Lord, we love you. And we ask that with your help, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in thy sight. We thank you for being our strength, oh God. We thank you for being our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for your patience. Thank you, Pastor Ron. Where can we go that his spirit is not with us? There is nowhere to the heavens, to the depths, to the ends of the earth, wherever his spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit, God sent the Holy Spirit to help us. God sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to walk with us. Maybe today you haven't experienced the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe today, going back to earlier in the worship service, maybe you're walking around the walls of Jericho and you're on day five or six and you're tempted to give up. As we continue to worship here in just a second, the altar area is open. If you want to come and kneel and pray, if you want somebody to pray with you and encourage you, there'll be some folks here if you're comfortable with that. Would you stand as we continue to worship and sing about the greatness of of our God. And these altars are open if you want to come and pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord. The splendor of the King walking Himself. 
Hey! 